because it's the right thing to do, Robert. <laughs> um, right. Again, you know, we're, we're talking about basic human rights and values. We're not, we're not talking scary stuff here. We're, we're talking about basic rights. Uh, and the vast majority of people grew up with these values uh, and have them baked into their hearts and minds. So, so let's start with this is an important investment because it's the right thing to do for your people. Um, but second, plenty of research out there that says this it works. Right. Countless studies show the impact that diverse teams have on the bottom line, on performance uh, and, and generally on the experience people have at work. So we know diversity works. Um, third, because of the war for talent that's happening, and sometimes I don't like that analogy of, of the war, but I, but I think it is truly tougher right now than ever to get the right or the best people uh, and to keep them. Uh, with inside your organization and few things are more costly to a business than losing employees or even losing the best candidates when you when you're still in the recruiting or acquisition phase um, and we have data that shows the direct impact that deib has on retention and on your ability to go higher um, there is in fact nothing more correlated not pay not how nice your manager is not whether they've got a pool table at work or any of that stuff right none of it None of that is more directly correlated uh, than how somebody feels. Do they belong? Are they being heard and included? And is their workplace fair? Um, so, so we want to help people win that that war for talent, so to speak. And we know this is this is one of the key ways to do it. Uh, and believe me, the the younger generations, uh, but below my generation, uh, are already starting. These they're they're already dominating the workforce, and they're certainly gonna for the next couple of decades. Um, they're different. They're different than some of us, you know, maybe older, older folks on the conversation here. Um, they're frankly no longer willing to just go to work for someone for that paycheck uh, or stay at a, you know, a bad job or a mediocre job uh, out of blind loyalty or, or a false sense of security. Um, no, they, they want to work places that have a purpose and they have a mission and that they're behind and they feel that purpose in their work. Uh, and, and frankly, they also want to buy from these companies. So it's not even only just about uh, you know, the, the the talent and employees within a company, like people are making their, their purchasing decisions, their buying decisions. They want to understand that company I'm about to give my money to, what do they stand for? Uh, and, and what's their workforce look like? Uh, so, so, you know, mission-driven companies that, you know, treat their employees with respect and fairness and dignity, that's who's going to win, right? And that's where the younger generations are putting their time, their energy, and also their dollars. Um, so that's what this is all about. And we're here at Matheson to help companies get to that place faster. Welcome to the Voices of Inclusion podcast, the place where you'll hear strategic and tactical advice shared by diversity, equity, and inclusion experts. This podcast is brought to you by Matheson.io, the world's first DEI operating system. If you're looking for DEI assessments, benchmarking tools, sourcing support, training, and more, look no further. Go to www.matheson.io. The link to connect with us is also in the description. Let's get back to the episode. All right. So, J.D., first of all, congratulations. I mean, this is a huge accomplishment, a, a, a major milestone in your career. Um, how are you feeling right now? Oh, man, uh, feeling a little bit of everything. Uh, definitely a mixed bag uh, uh, of emotions uh, as of late. Definitely uh, moments of feeling uh, overwhelmed and, and things being chaotic, but but uh, mostly actually just feeling really good, really positive, um, humbled honored those are words that definitely come to mind but uh yeah generally feeling pretty good and excited 
That's awesome. And, you know, um, before we jump in, though, I know you shared a post in our Slack channel um, on Friday last week that I think kind of encapsulates your leadership um, and your leadership style. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about um, that message and the overall intent there? I think you're probably referring to the post where, where I mentioned my mom a little bit. Uh, is that the one? Yeah. Uh, just was doing some reflection kind of, you know, literally one week into the CEO job. Uh, it had it, I'd sort of been reflecting that my mom had been on my mind a ton uh, over that first week. And I lost my mom to a battle to cancer nine years ago. And I think there's probably and, and like she was popping in my mind in sort of random and and I don't know, sort of unassociated ways. But when I was really thinking back on the week and, and thinking about her, it was actually all, her birthday was was also during the same week, funny enough, or what would have been her birthday. Um, but I, what I was reflecting on is I, I think she was popping into my head for a lot for two reasons. One, she would have definitely been the person I would be leaning on the most uh, for advice and counsel and and venting and, and you know all that stuff uh, in this sort of big job change. Um, but also I too, deep down, I know how proud she'd be. Um, my mom was a lifelong teacher. Uh, educator from a family of teachers and preachers, as I like to say, and um, a long line of that. And uh, it was really a, you know, always a fan of the underdog, always a champion of people and, and always one that, uh, you know, was really for education and learning. And, and I think obviously probably any mom's proud if their kid can get to a title or a role like this, but, uh, but I think the nature of the work we do too would make her really proud. That's incredible. Um, yeah. And, you know, after that message, you were right. Like I, I did call my mom a little bit uh, later. So I really appreciated that. Um, uh, you know, and I, I know you as our, our new CEO um, and an incredibly successful leader, someone who has a lot of experience building great companies. Um, but for those that don't know you yet, could you let the listeners know a little bit about who you are? Um, and what's your story? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I will. Definitely. Um, Story starts with family. Uh, I already talked about my mom, but uh, um, husband to an amazing woman named Tamlin. And uh, maybe my most important role is one of father, uh, as we're fortunate to have two incredible teenage daughters, Anya and Riley. So surrounded by women in the house, I do have a dog, Bodie, um, that's, uh, <laughs> that helps balance it out, I guess. Um, I've lived most of my life in the San Francisco Bay Area, part of California. I uh, love the outdoors, live music sports among other things I'm a, I'm a big golden state warriors fan in particular um i also i, I did leave california um uh, for a little bit but earlier in life and i'm a graduate of indiana university so also go hoosiers uh, we'll throw that in too um in terms of work experience i'm really really proud of the fact that uh, you know as i like to say i've kind of worked my way up through the years um, i literally started my career after goofing around a little bit after college, I, I started my career as a customer support rep for Hotmail, uh, which the original free email service. I'm really dating myself here. Uh, by the way, people make fun of me all the time because I actually still use my original Hotmail account. Uh, uh, I think that's maybe cost me actually getting some jobs through the years. They're like, who's this guy applying with the Hotmail? Um, but I, I, I've, I've been really fortunate throughout my career, just the, the diversity of types of roles uh, that I've been able to play. I, I've held roles in customer service, as I mentioned, but also QA product management, marketing, uh, and a lot more. Um, and I've also been very fortunate. I'm actually one of what I would consider a pretty small group of people who's been involved in SaaS from the very beginning. And when I say SaaS, what I'm referring to is software as a service or 
you know, software-based applications, you know, housed in the cloud, uh, if you will. Um, I've been in SaaS from the very inception uh, of that as sort of an area of technology. Um, so there, there are people out there who can say they've done it as long as me, but I don't think there's anybody who could say they've done it longer. Um, and I've been able to work for some really awesome companies throughout that journey and been really fortunate to play a leadership role at some, some pretty successful companies uh, in, uh, in the kind of B2B SaaS arena, companies like Marketo, Zendesk, Trello, uh, and Culture Amp. Um, and then last summer, I joined Matheson, uh, originally as the chief revenue officer, uh, looking after kind of all things go to market uh, until that changed recently. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's a perfect segue. So I know we'll get to the CEO role in just a moment, but um, why'd you choose Matheson specifically when you did? Yeah, yeah. Why Matheson? Uh, great. Well, other than getting the chance to work with you, which is a huge bonus, <laughs> uh, Matheson for me was really the perfect marriage of a, like a transformational business opportunity, uh, but also with a mission and a purpose uh, that resonates with me and, and is something that I'm passionate about. Um, I saw a really interesting and excited group of people that were trying to tackle this really big problem space around bringing technology to the work of, of DEI and DEIB. Um, the company itself is still in an early stage, but I love that, and that fits my experience and the kind of thing I was looking for. I, I consider myself a builder and kind of love the impact you can have at the early stage and, and seeing how to, you know, kind of build and scale from there. Um, and, and we at Madison really have this incredible opportunity uh, in front of us to really build and establish a category-defining uh, product and community. Um, DEI work and, and the work that spawns from that work is frankly still in its infancy. It's it's not it didn't just start, but I think in the grand scheme of things, I think it's still pretty early. Um, but it has been really emerging and growing in attention and practitioners uh, over the last few years. In, in fact, Chief Diversity Officer, I, I read something where it, it was one of the, if not the, fastest gro growing job title uh, over the past three years. Um, but but prior to discovering Matheson. My view of the DEI space was that it was a lot of talk, but no tech. And, and it's not that talk is bad, like we need talk. Uh, that's where movements start and just getting conversations on the table was a huge and necessary step uh, forward. Um, but you, you know, and you've got to recognize, right? And name a problem before you can solve it. Um, but being someone who spent his whole life working in technology, I've seen the transformative power that technology can have in scaling ideas or disciplines or, or whole movements, right? Touch more people, solve more problems faster. So the opportunity that those before me at Matheson and now me see is to bring technology to the party uh, and to give chief diversity officers and, and really all others working in the space the same level of tools and platforms and data that their colleagues across organizations have. So just like the sales people have their CRM and finance has their platform, right? We wanna help people do their work better and we wanna help organizations get better with the help of our software. So that's kind of why that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, so I have to know, um, when the board offered you the job, that day. Um, why'd you say yes? Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a really, really good one. Um, first and foremost, and it ties to what I was just describing, but it's because I love what we stand for. Um, I love the mission. 
I love that we're both fighting for the underrepresented as well as helping businesses be better. Um, both those things are really important to me. Um, I love this space, uh, both the community of people uh, putting in the work in DEI, um, but also the broader HR and HR tech community just have really, really grown fond of, of, of the people kind of doing this work and in the space. Uh, and of course, I love our team. Uh, uh, it's such a great group of people, as you know, um, to be around. And, and it's really an honor to, to get to lead uh, this, this group of individuals. Um, and I truly love our product and the impact it's had and, and is having. Uh, and frankly, I'm even more excited about our roadmap and where we're going and where we can take this thing uh, even more than where we are now. Uh, it's also really just the early innings, uh, as you might say, of where we can take uh, our platform with Matheson. Um, it's important for me to also mention that, you know, quite honored and humbled uh, to be offered this kind of opportunity. Um, it wasn't something that I was expecting or, you know, necessarily set out to make happen. Um, but at the same time, I do truly feel like it was, I don't know, a bit of destiny in a weird way. Um, I feel like it is actually the perfect culmination of all the skills and experiences that I've had, both in work, um, but also really my life as a whole. Um, and it, it was clear to me you know, being here and already being in the company that that what the company needed right now to, to set ourselves up for the best chance of success and, and bringing our mission home uh, is to have somebody in this seat who, who really truly understands uh, what it takes to build a great SaaS company. Uh, someone who's been through the ups and downs, kind of seen the movie before, as some people like to say. Um, and I am really confident in my abilities. Uh, I, I know I'll make mistakes. I know I'm going to be far from perfect. Um, but I do have, you know, I think the right level of confidence and, and, and more importantly, optimism uh, that I'm the right person for the job uh, right now. Um, I will say, look, all, all that being said, uh, and certainly, you know, it's an honor and, a, and, a, and just such a big thing to be a part of. But all that being said, it, it was still a really tough decision. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, like some people, including myself, uh, did question and will question, you know, a straight, cisgender, white American male. Uh, is this the right person to be leading a DEI company? Um, and I think there is a real decision there. And there, and there was certainly for me. And, and it's kind of that idea of like, is it better to sacrifice this opportunity on a personal level to maybe give someone else from from more underrepresented background, give them the shot? Um, or is it better and is it the best use of my skills and experience to be a tremendous ally to the movement? and to demonstrate that this work actually is for everybody and we need people on all sides of the table. Um, so I think that is a real decision and something that, that I put a lot of thought into. Um, obviously, since we're sitting here talking about it, um, I ultimately chose to go down the ally route. Um, I just felt it was more important for me to use my skills and apply them for something good, um, something I truly believe in versus say working on maybe, I don't know, just a more traditional piece of business software. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, and to hopefully be a role model to other leaders out there. Um, you know, in fact, many who might look like me or, or, or have experienced privilege uh, in the same ways that I have. Um, I, I believe for any movement of change to truly take hold, you gotta have participation from all sides of the table. So that's the decision I made. Um, I'm, I believe and hope that it's the right one and, and, and hope that uh, what I can bring to the table will ultimately you know, have greater good for a lot more people. I know that you're less than a month in uh, yeah. the, the new role. So how, how's the transition going so far? 
Yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's it's like a, it's like kind of like a real, like a nice cocktail of scary and exciting put together and mixed up. Um, it's definitely been chaotic at times. Um, I've been trying to do and learn a million things at once through the transition. Uh, but but overall, it's been an incredibly positive and special experience. Um, the team, our people uh, have been incredibly supportive and, and massive shout out to our co-founders, uh, Arthur and Dave, Dave being my predecessor in the CEO seat, uh, been unbelievably helpful and supportive through the transition and, you know, knowing I have their support, but I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think I had their support, quite frankly. And so that's been that's been amazing. Um, and just the team overall, like I said, has been so, so supportive. Uh, more than any of their kind words, by the way, like just seeing the way the team has been working and producing lately um, has given me tremendous joy, tremendous pride, uh, along with a lot of optimism for our future. Um, I'm just, I'm super stoked. I'm so excited to get to work with this, this group of people who like all care so deeply about what we're doing. Um, but again, it's also quite humbling. You know, I do feel very, very honored uh, to get to serve them uh, along with our customers uh, in this space. So lots of mixed emotions, but but on the whole, feeling very positive and, and trying to have fun with it because uh, we got to do that with everything, right? Uh, we only have so much time on this earth. I'm going to have as much fun as I can doing this. Yeah, and I'll second the point that uh, there's something about the energy of the team and the company right now that's just so beautiful. I love it. Um, you know, I, yeah. I did want to ask you, um, why, why is this uh, opportunity so important to you? Um, and what's the opportunity uh, you have as an ally to kind of advance DEIB in organizations globally? Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of why DEIB and, and, and how do I see that opportunity as an ally? I'll say, first of all, because I believe it. Uh, it works. <laughs> um, my life experiences have shown me time and time again that diversity, diverse groups of people, diverse of, diversity of thought and ideas, it's a good thing, right? And being equitable, aka fair and impartial, right? That's core to my personal value system. But, but also something I and I think everyone has wanted in their workplaces. In fact, there's so many studies that show fairness, equity is the number one thing that employees want, say, in things like performance reviews, right? More than even the end dollar uh, kind of outcome. People just want fairness. They want a fair shot, right? And inclusion, also a good thing. Uh, building a sense of belonging inside of organizations. You're just gonna simply get more productive, more motivated, and better performing employees when they feel their voice is heard. Um, you know, you know, Robert, like I think a lot of people really have a misperception about DEIB. And as you and I know, it's been highly politicized, right? I mean, we can we can see what's going on right now in places like Florida. And I literally read some news this morning about some of the things Governor Abbott is doing down in Texas, looking to shut down diversity programs and government. And the reality though, and I believe, is that all of this is irrational fear that's being spread for political gain. And when you push away all the politics and you move past all the buzzwords, if you really sit down with someone and break down what the work of DEI is trying to do, it's actually kind of hard to find anyone who's against it. <laughs> um, as someone just said, actually in a meeting you and I were in just a little while ago today, like what we're talking about here in many cases is the basics 
right? It's basic rights. It's basic equality. It's basic fairness, right? DEI is not actually a scary thing that I think many people have made it out to be. It's not out here to attack anyone. It's not here to take things away, right? What DEI is about is building things up and building people up. And because, you know, what we're trying to do here is simply really have our workplaces mirror the society that already exists around us. And we're trying to give everyone a fair and equal shot. And these are things, these are, like I said, kind of core basic values that I think are in my heart and your heart, but in most people's heart, right? And I think that, you know, I can remember as far back as eighth grade history class, these are the core values actually our country was founded upon. So I think to me, that's why DEIB, like these are the things that I think I want, we all want out of work. And I think are very like they're, they're, they're we're right on the precipice, right? They're, they're right there. And we, we kind of have these, you know, political ideas and these, you know, kind of, I don't know, mistruths, if you will, that have kind of stopped us from, from getting where we need to uh, in, in making, you know, making DEIB more of a reality. So that's, pro that's a lot of it. And, and, you know, as I talked about earlier, you know, being an ally, being somebody who, you know, might in some ways be perceived as sitting on the other side of the table, I, I think does give me a unique perspective uh, in going about this work. You know, I, one thing about you that I've really noticed um, is the fact that you really value transparency. Um, and I think that's something that I value as well. It really, I know I said it earlier, but it really makes me feel like I'm, I'm in the huddle uh, <laughs> on Friday night while, while yeah, you're, yeah. you know, uh, calling the plays. So, um, you know, what, I know you have a lot of different skill sets that have gotten you to this point, but uh, what unique skills do you bring to this role specifically? Yeah, great question. Um, I think and I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. I think one of the most mm -hmm. unique things about me, maybe compared to a lot of my peer group, uh, people with similar, you know, similar roles, uh, is the kind of the diverse job titles and functions that I've been able to be a part of throughout my career. Um, I'm one of the rare people who's been on the product side of the house. I've been on the front lines working with customers. I've been a marketer and I played several exec roles uh, at really high growth B2B uh, SaaS companies. So just the diversity of experiences, being able to sit with engineers, sit with salespeople and, and be a part of all these different functions, I think has given me a really a unique and broad perspective on how a business operates. Um, so I think that's definitely one. Um, second, like it's, I don't know, maybe it's a little hard to even talk about this, but it's, it's always like talking about yourself is a little weird, but um, I'm not sure where it exactly comes from. But I have found and, you know, gotten lots of feedback that I, I do, I tend to carry a certain energy at work that, that people really seem to respond to. And it's funny because like my, my family and close friends, they don't even really believe or understand it. <laughs> uh, I'm really a mellow guy outside of work and I don't sort of come off or carry myself as a typical exec might, um, but at work and in many of the roles I, 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 that I've had, I feel I really have had a big impact on the culture. Um, just. I don't know, through the way that I show up, the way that I communicate, and certainly taking a culture first or people centric uh, way of leading. So, um, you know, I don't know, I guess I just tend to sort of bring the energy, you know, in a way that, uh, to your point, maybe helps bring people into the huddle or, or helps people kind of get on board. So I don't, I don't really know where that comes from or what the genesis of but, but I do tend to, to get that feedback a lot. Um, and then third, and I touched on this a few minutes ago, but I think I'm actually a bit unique uh, in the DEI space in that the majority of people doing this work, frankly, are not 
straight, white, cisgendered men uh, of the same kind of privilege that I represent. Um, now, that can definitely have its disadvantages. There's no question about it. But I think it also gives me a unique perspective to be coming at this space from a position where I understand and in, in many ways may represent the kind of traditional power structures we're trying to break, right? Or we're trying to change. Um, it almost gives me, like, I don't know, in a weird way, like an insider view. It's almost like I've been a spy that's embedded or something, or, you know, with the Super Bowl coming up, it's like I've, I've sort of stolen the playbook, right? Um, I, you know, so I think it can actually, like coming from this side of the table, coming from this place of, of all the, the, the privilege that I have, uh, in my life, I actually think is a gives me a kind of a, a different perspective than many others in the space and, and maybe a way that that can help break through and change some minds like almost from the inside out, if that makes sense. That is such a good point. Um, I love that. And I know that you have you kind of mentioned it earlier, but um, I know that you have a vast network of global leaders. Um, have you sensed a shift in the way that leaders operate, especially when it comes to uh, DEIB practices? Yeah, look, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say at the highest level, like the reality is DEIB like wasn't even on most people's radar a decade ago. Like I would I barely heard about it, you know, in, in the work context, in the work setting. And I think since that time, it's slowly and steadily been increasing. But then we saw this huge spike, um, primarily right after the events centered around the death of George Floyd, rest in peace, uh, a few summers ago. Um, so I think generally speaking, the, the biggest shift is that the conversation's even happening. And as I mentioned earlier, a lot of it is conversation, still not a lot of technology and other pieces, um, but that conversation is happening and has been in really increasing you know, tremendously over the last few years. And I think that's led to, and certainly I've seen a rise in programs, whether uh, the support of ERGs or offering additional trainings in a company, definitely a rise in those types of things, which is a great thing. Um, what I see now, though, is kind of the next step starting, starting to take shape, where we're seeing more and more people that are looking for data, right? And people are asking questions like, how can we measure progress? Like, we know we're running unconscious bias training. We know we've built these amazing ERGs, but is it ultimately working? Is, it, is, it, is there an ROI behind it? Is it having the impact we set out to and meeting the goals that we had? And people are looking for data to help them figure those things out. Um, and, and so I think that's been a big shift. Um, and honestly, and, and, and maybe even a bit more the negative part of this answer, frankly, is that without that data to back things up, we've seen too often that as the economy gets tighter, as we've been seeing, too many people, frankly, are starting to cut back and maybe aren't delivering on the promises that they made post George Floyd. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag, if I'm being honest. I think there's been this really big rise, the conversations getting on the table. You know, as I talked about earlier, more people doing the work, more people with DEI titles, uh, more, you know, more ERGs, more training. These things are all happening. Um, but people, we need that data. We need that, the, that, those, those reports, those analytics, like I mentioned earlier, kind of, we need the CRM of DEI kind of thing, right? So that we can, um, be able to back it up, right? And when times get really tough in a company that this isn't one of the first places people go to cut or cut back or think of it as a nice to have, um, we've got to kind of level up. DEIB to the same level as sales and marketing and engineering and these other functions we're used to inside of companies. 
Yeah, I love the fact that you said that. I, I think data is really important, um, especially when you're trying to influence leadership. Um, you want to have some benchmarking. You want to have some uh, results to um, really call things out. Um, but why do you think DEIB is one of the, the most important investments a company can make? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I'll always start by saying, because it's the right thing to do, Robert. <laughs> um, right. Again, you know, we're, we're talking about basic human rights and values. We're not, we're not talking scary stuff here. We're, we're talking about basic rights. Uh, and the vast majority of people grew up with these values uh, and have them baked into their hearts and minds. So, so let's start with, this is an important investment because it's the right thing to do for your people. Um, but second, plenty of research out there that says this it works. Right. Countless studies show the impact that diverse teams have on the bottom line, on performance uh, and, and generally on the experience people have at work. So we know diversity works. Um, third, because of the war for talent that's happening, and sometimes I don't like that analogy of, of the war, but I, but I think it is truly tougher right now than ever to get the right or the best people uh, and to keep them. Uh, with inside your organization and few things are more costly to a business than losing employees or even losing the best candidates when you when you're still in the recruiting or acquisition phase um, and we have data that shows the direct impact that deib has on retention and on your ability to go higher um, there is in fact nothing more correlated not pay not how nice your manager is not whether they've got a pool table at work or any of that stuff right none of it None of that is more directly correlated uh, than how somebody feels. Do they belong? Are they being heard and included? And is their workplace fair? Um, so, so we want to help people win that that war for talent, so to speak. And we know this is this is one of the key ways to do it. Uh, and believe me, the the younger generations, uh, but below my generation, uh, are already starting. These they're they're already dominating the workforce, and they're certainly gonna for the next couple of decades. Um, they're different. They're different than some of us, you know, maybe older older folks on the conversation here. Um, they're frankly no longer willing to just go to work for someone for that paycheck uh, or stay at a you know a bad job or a mediocre job uh, out of blind loyalty or, or a false sense of security. Um, no, they they want to work places that have a purpose and they have a mission and that they're behind and they feel that purpose in their work. Uh, and, and frankly, they also want to buy from these companies. So it's not even only just about uh, you know, the, the the talent and employees within a company, like people are making their, their purchasing decisions, their buying decisions. They want to understand that company I'm about to give my money to, what do they stand for? Uh, and, and what's their workforce look like? Uh, so, so, you know, mission-driven companies that, you know, treat their employees with uh, respect and fairness and dignity, that's who's going to win, right? And that's where the younger generations are putting their time, their energy, and also their dollars. Um, so that's what this is all about. And, and we're here at Matheson to help companies get to that place faster. Um, and so I'm going to put you on the hot seat for a second. So if a potential, <laughs> if a potential customer asks, hey, why make the investment in DEI and why Matheson? Um, what would you typically say? Yeah, right. I mean, so in terms of the investment, it's a lot of those things that I just mentioned, but to boil it down to why Matheson, look, as I, as I, as I just said, our job, our purpose is to get you there faster than you could otherwise. Um, we want to bring our technology, our people, our community to bear to help you create a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive workplace where everybody belongs. Uh, we've got a great product. Uh, it's getting better every day. Uh, we're literally the only solution that, that I know of 
that can that takes data in some cases data that's never even previously existed and we use that data to help uncover your gaps and opportunities we, we help you build a strategy right i.e figure out what to do and have a plan to do it um, and our intelligent recommendation engine it's going to distill it down for you um, and give you actionable advice we're then going to help you take action and then measure that progress over time um, and when you do these things with Matheson, we're able to bring your whole company along. So we definitely support DEIB leaders in getting their seat at the table. And that's a really big deal for us. Uh, but it's also important to, that we bring the whole company along because I think we both know uh, the work of DEIB is, is never just the work of one person or even one group of people. And so I think Matheson here, again, we're gonna help you uncover your gaps uh, using data. We're gonna help you figure out what to do, what actions, uh, to go do, and we're going to help you take those actions, and then we're going to measure it over time and kind of bring the whole company along with you. So that's what we're all about. And uh, frankly, we've just got a great team of people too that I think you're going to love to work with. <laughs> yeah, I second that. We have an awesome team. Um, but do you have any closing thoughts for Matheson employees, customers, and listeners right now? Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, just uh, super excited for the future. Um, and I encourage any of our customers, partners, or just any of the, any friend of the program uh, listening to this to, to reach, reach out to us uh, or to me directly. Uh, if you have ideas or ways that we can improve or, or ultimately help you get better, um, we definitely think of ourselves as um, a central point of a wider community. Um, we're, we're not here to just do this all on our own as Matheson. We need each and every one of uh, you out there and, and your voices to be included if we're going to ultimately to help our mission. So just want to thank everybody out there for being part of the community. Uh, thank you for doing the work or at least showing up to listen and find out what this work's all about. Um, and just really, really excited. Um, as I said, probably multiple times, honored and humbled uh, to be in the seat that I am and, and just really excited about uh, uh, helping us on this mission. Amazing. And honestly, I love the fact that you said you want people's voices to be included. There <laughs> the we go. That was perfect. That was perfect. Well, um, thank you, JD, for the time. Um, and I'm just really excited for, for everything that we have in store. This was awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. You're doing a great job, Robert, and do love the podcast. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody keeps listening. And uh, th thanks so much for the time. Thank you, JD. If you're looking for DEI assessments, benchmarking tools, sourcing support, training, and more, look no further. Go to www.matheson.io and book a call to speak with us. The link is in the description. We're looking forward to connecting with you next time.